0: Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1. And I want to talk about the fourth day which begins in verse 14. You wait. They know all the words to, for she's a jolly good fellow and all. Okay, verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights. The greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. Huh. <laughs> It's amazing that he also made the stars. He ever done any astronomy? What a line that is! Oh yeah, and while he was about it, he created ten billion other suns, asteroids, planets. You know, he also made the stars. Verse seventeen, and God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern. The day and the night. The old King James I think said. To rule the day. To rule the night. And to separate light from darkness. And God saw. That it was good. And there was evening. And there was morning. The fourth day. And God made two great lights. The greater light to govern the day, and the lesser light to govern the night. I don't know if you have been a Christian for 20 years, 30 years, I don't know whether you ever heard a message on, wait for it now, the moon. If you haven't, here it is, a message on the moon. title of this message is Moonlighting. Which I think is a phrase, an old phrase, meaning doing two jobs at once. But anyway, I'm meaning it in a righteous way today. Moonlighting. Walking in the light of the moon. I, uh, I think that one of the great assets of this message will be that for the rest of your life, if you so wish, you can be reminded of what I'm going to talk about today. Every night, a great big glowing ball will appear in the sky, most nights anyway, to remind you of this. Because God has done something, and, and I believe that something can be said, even from the sun and the moon, that helps our lives. Let me, let me begin. First of all, what do we learn about the sun and the moon? We learn this that God never leaves us in darkness. He never does. Uh, Things can get uh, very dim, things can get really dark. But total darkness, that's not God's order. When God thought about making the world and he thought about how every day there would be, you know, two periods of time in it, the day and the night, of arguably different lengths, of course, God, in his infinite wisdom, worked out That while the earth was moving, there would come a time when the planet would be very dark every day. So he comes up with this wonderful idea. I'll just fling a moon into this picture. I'll put a moon up there that will reflect the sun onto the earth every night. So that when the sun goes down, the lesser light can keep shining. Many of you know that for years, I worked under the ground in a prehistoric cave. And of course, if you've ever been in one of these underground caves, places, you'll know that one of the big thrills of it, it's often why people come, is the bit where you do what? You turn the lights off. And so every tour, I did this sometimes six, seven times a day, I would say, okay, now we're going to turn the lights off. And you can see the people really up for this, a few people not up for it at all, and every, a whole lot of people in the middle of them. And uh, and I used to flick the lights off, and then there'd just be nothing, you're under the ground, you know, there's, there's nothing at all, you can't see anything. And I would say to them, you know, in the dark, I'm saying, okay, if you want to feel better, have a look at your hand, so you can hear the noise of... 40 people doing this with their right. Well, of course they can't see their hand, and I say, are you nervous? Yeah, I said, well look behind you, you'll feel a lot better, so they all look behind them, and there's nothing, you know, they absolutely, and then I would say, would you like me to put the lights on? Yes, you know, and of course one guy, no, but yes, I say, hands up if you want me to put the lights on. And as I said that, I would flick the lights on, and there was always ten or, 10 or twelve people with a hand in the air. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, perhaps I should go back and just do that again for a day. It was dark. In fact, it wasn't dark. It was black. You can see nothing. And it's amazing because God could have left the Earth like that. See, each night, but He thought I know I'll make some stars as well and we see the purpose of the stars it's not to tell your future dear, oh dear. As so the world was broken down into 12 categories of people and one of them are going to have an accident today <laughs> if only it was as early minimal as that now he said, I make stars to govern the night, to create the seasons. And we learn a truth from it. Whatever you go through, you, God won't leave you in the total black. Never. There's always the moon. There are times when we can enjoy in our lives the sunniest of seasons it's all going well like the classic and I don't know where these people get this from but I don't know about you but most of my Facebook friends say this every day life couldn't be better and I remember I read this every day and I think well mine jolly could be (laughs) I don't know what's going on with these life couldn't be better or things are good I read that every day. Things are good. And I think either you are really having a wonderful time or you're just a terrible liar. But there are times when life couldn't be better. There are times when things are good. We pay the bill. We're healthy. The kids are roughly doing what they're told to do. There's a bit of extra cash around. We're feeling the blessing of God. We're in a renewal. There are other times when it's not like that. And we haven't got the money. And we, the kids are inventing new ways to behave in a criminal way. <laughs> and we don't feel God all around us anymore like we did. And we pray, but the the door doesn't fling open for us. But here's a beautiful truth. However dark it is, it's never going to be totally dark. Because God said, even when they go through the dark season, I will make sure that there will be a light. Jesus said in John 8, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me. Now that's the tricky bit. We'll come to that now. Whoever follows me. It didn't say whoever sings about me. It didn't say whoever shows up and sits in a blue chair. It didn't say whoever writes Christian uh, on their form. It didn't say whoever's got baptism waters on their face. But whoever follows me. Will not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. If you will follow the Lord, there will always be for you a moon. In the dark how dark it is, the most terrible week you've had, or the most terrible weekend you've had, or the most awful morning you just had. There'll always be a moon. Always You'll always be able to see your hand in front of your face. You'll always be able to look behind you and see some light. Christ doesn't leave us in the dark. he? He shines a light. A second thought is similar to it. God's moonlight is there to govern us in the darkness. God said... These lights are going to, King James Version, I think it is, rule the day, rule the night. Uh, NIV here, govern, govern. The moon and the sun are going to be the government of the earth. It's just a curious thing to say, isn't it? And the purpose of the light, friend, the purpose of the light in the dark It's not just to comfort you. It's to govern you. Uh, Go over to the book of Ephesians here. And chapter 5. The purpose of the light is not just to comfort you. It is comforting. It's to govern you. Ephesians 5. And verses 8 to 11. Paul, the apostle, inspired by the Spirit of God, who is your Lord, writes this. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And then just go a couple of books forward into 1 Thessalonians 5. And right in the middle of Paul's discussion about the coming of Jesus, he's going to come as a thief in the night. and um, But then he goes on to say that that expression doesn't mean he's going to come secretly and steal it means that he's going to come in an unexpected way and and an unexpected time but then he goes on to say that the people of God should be expecting him he's speaking only of the world and he says to them in verse 4 of 1st Thessalonians 5 but you brothers are not in darkness so this day should surprise you like a thief you are sons of the light or you are all sons of the light And sons of the day, we do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. What do we mean by all this? We mean that in our darkest hours, in our night season, number 1 we are comforted by the Lord. We are comforted by the hope that we have in Christ, we're comforted by the fact that He is with us and He's not going to leave us. We're never completely in the dark if we are following Him. If we're following Him. So we understand, we meet plenty of Christians who aren't really following Him. But if we're following Him, then we always have the light But now let's look, one purpose of the light is to comfort us, but the other purpose of the light is to govern us. In other words, in our darkest hour, we still have to do what we're told. We still have to obey the Holy Spirit. Just because we're having a bad day, doesn't mean that we can be bad in it. Can you say amen? Amen. The purpose of the light was to govern the day and to govern the night. The Spirit of God is leading me in all kinds of directions, and you'll hear a lot more about this in the weeks to come. And uh, it's astonishing me because all this is dovetailing together, the Lord is going to give us a real season of hearing from Him in these weeks. And that's why I'm determined to be here, because I know that God is speaking. So we're going to say more about this in a few weeks. Uh, But It's not because I'm on some sort of new topic or hobby horse. It's just the Holy Spirit dovetailing it all together. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. When you are In a dark time, you're more likely to be gloomy, depressive, uh, grumpy. Amen? (laughs) Right? You're more likely to be negative. You're more likely to be grouchy. You're more likely to think to yourself, you know what? I'm really not really into obeying the fine details of the Bible at the moment give me a break can i just have a break i'm having a bad time and we all know that in a bad time you only have to obey five of the 10 commandments we know that now we never say that but there's something in our psyche that might suggest that to us well you know so and so behaves like that but they're going through a bad time at the moment now now let's be clear It is our responsibility as people go through bad times to be more tolerant with them. I want you to hear me say that. As people go through bad times, it is a Christian response to be more tolerant and and try to understand where people are at. However, that doesn't mean that the, the, the light is not there to govern. It is. Paul says to them, don't you know that you're the people of light? And when he, when he says that, he doesn't then suggest to go off and sing a song about being the people of light or, or rejoice that they're the people of light. He tells them, go out and live this life out. The light governs us. And so my exhortation to you is that if you go through a bad time, you be sure to behave yourself all the way through the tunnel. And don't think that there's some bylaw in the tunnel that means you can break the law going through the tunnel. (laughs) No. We're to be governed by light. The light of God all the time. Sunshine Or in the middle of the night. Thirdly, night is always temporary. That's certainly true. The alarm clock that wakes you up every morning and says, go to work, is always coming, is it not? <laughs> It's always coming. You never went to bed and suddenly found out that night was not temporary. Never. You always found out that it came to an end and it normally comes to an end quicker than you would like. Oh, for another hour. I remember being in college where one of my professors was, uh, I suppose the phrase we might use today would be, nutty professor or mad professor and he was extremely intelligent and witty but somehow living in another plane to the rest of us and we were having a fascinating discussion and uh, it was the end of the lecture coming up and someone in the front row of the class her name was Janet I just happened to recall her surname was Jolly Janet Jolly, isn't that a marvellous name? I might look her up later on today. She's probably out there on the internet somewhere. And uh, Janet Jolly said to the professor or the doctor, uh, could we just have another 10 minutes on this topic? I.e. the lecture had come to an end. Could we have another 10 minutes? And he went into a huge discussion about how this was not possible. Because if we were to add 10 minutes to the Gregorian calendar at this point, we'd have to let everyone in the world know well, the answer really is, no, we can't. Let's all go to lunch. But he wanted to explain it, that it would involve the United Nations and we'd have to contact everyone and say, we're adding 10 minutes to the day. Can you account for that? All the diaries would change, and et cetera. That's what I mean. He was a nutty professor. <laughs> Pentecostal, though. <laughs> no, Everything comes to an end. It, there's seasons. God said, I'm going to put these, these... These, these lights in the sky and they are going to govern and they are also going to create seasons. So here's some good news. If you're in a dark time now, rejoice because it's not going to last forever. It's not. And do you know why? Because it can't. It can't. There are seasons in God all the time. God set the planet up to work seasonally, but he set our lives up to work seasonally as well. And there are seasons for this, and there are seasons for that. And there are seasons of darkness, and there are seasons of summer. There is day, and there is night. It's Peter who writes in his epistle, In chapter five, he says, uh, "God's going to sort everything out, but after you've suffered a little while." They were in the the book of First Peter was written to people who were suffering. They were in the tunnel, and he says to them, "He doesn't say it's all going to be over today, but he says after a little while, it's all going to be over." So, whatever state you're in today, whatever challenge you have. Whatever, however tough it is, one day it's all going to be over. Amen. And I guess it depends how you're feeling today as so whether that's good news or bad news. God is, an, uh, he's amazingly seasonal. Do you know that there was a day when Jesus stood in the river Jordan... He was baptized by John, and the Holy Spirit appeared, seemed uh, seen only by John and him, so it seems, and came upon him, and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, not exactly the right word he might have used then, but that's how we understand it today. He received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I call that a sunny day. As he was there in the water, coming up out of the water. And God spoke to him. I'd put that down as one of my better days. That's a Facebook, things couldn't be better moment. And then, later that day, he's in the desert. That day, later that day, he's in the desert. It says, as he came out of the water, the Spirit came upon him, and the Spirit's first job was to take him, lead him, Mark uses a strong word, drive him, ekbalo in Greek, drive him into the desert. He started the day at the charismatic convention And he ended the day in the desert with the devil. The same day. Imagine beginning your day in the presence of the Holy Spirit and ending the day in the presence of the devil. And by the way, we mean the real devil. Not the one that most people think is following them around. The real devil. And the real devil was tempting him and talking to him. Seasons, you see. But after 40 days, then he came out of the desert in the power of the Spirit. And the season was over. Paul's... um great confession in Romans eight eighteen. is he says I consider, friends, he says that our current suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Whatever you're going through, it's not going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. You'll come out of the tunnel. The darkness will pass. And instead of moonlight, you'll have sunlight. Oh, happy day. Don't be mad at me. Don't be cross with me now. But the, the opposite is also true. That Those who now are in sunlight may come into moonlight at some point. And we mustn't become confused. or We mustn't rail against the Almighty. Why, 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 why? God put the, the greater light and the lesser light. They govern. They bring comfort. But they also establish seasons. In the waters of Jordan... The father blessed his son. But in the desert, he built him. He built him. And we're really keen to be blessed. And we're not so keen to be built. But God wants to bless us and build us and bless us. And build us. But you can't be built in the water. You have to be built in the desert. You can't be built in the sunshine. You have to be built in the moonlight. If you're in the moonlight, rejoice. Because God has deemed you Deemed you suitable for a time of fashioning and molding and establishing and strengthening. The reason I'm so passionate about this at the minute I had a when I returned from Brazil last autumn or late autumn, early winter, I remember one Sunday, um, I just got back and I stood here and I told you a whole load of uh, wonderful testimonies where there were miracles and wonders and Lots of people testifying to being cured of things. It was a very special trip. In one week, uh, I saw on three occasions physical growths in bodies uh, vanish, disappear. If you saw that happen once in a lifetime, you'd be happy. This was three times in one week. In the slum area of Rio, I had the privilege of preaching amidst the sound of machine gun fire. And by the way, if you think I'm ever going to stop mentioning that, I'm always going to. And in the midst of that, every person in that meeting, in that dance hall that we could test was healed. Everyone. Maybe 25 people i remember coming and telling you all that and I, I was so thrilled with it and but in fact i didn't really didn't really tell you what happened in brazil until today the greatest thing that happened wasn't wasn't that though that's that's pretty good when i arrived I'm talking about the greatest thing for me. It won't be for you, but it was for me. When I arrived in Brazil, I arrived early in the morning and been traveling all night. Then I got on a bus that took me north to a city called Belo Horizonte. And I'm very familiar now with a bus station in Belo Horizonte. Uh, uh, And I sat in this bus station for eight hours waiting for the bus And uh, I had my big case with me. So I couldn't go to the loo because I couldn't get the case through the um, cubicle thing. (laughs) So I'm sitting there in the Belo going, I do not want to go to the toilet. I don't. And five hours later, I don't. And I thought, oh, I'm starving. I'm going to have to eat. And I went over. I got myself. uh, I'm looking at the um, Portuguese menu. You know, and you have to. You're trusting in the Holy Ghost now. Uh, What? And I saw the words X bacon. I thought that I wonder what that means. X bacon. And I thought, well, it's probably a bacon burger. That's probably what it is. So I thought X bacon and X. That probably means it's bigger than the other versions. <laughs> so I said, I'd like, uh, you know, my best Portuguese. I said, hello, I'm from England. Uh, I would like, uh, I would like X bacon, please. And they gave me X Baker. I was so happy with it, and uh, and uh, it didn't look all that big. But uh, anyway, when I opened it, I discovered that X means that there were eggs in it. Eggs, and I'm allergic to eggs, so I had to throw the thing in the bin. And I, and I sat down. <laughs> I thought, I do not want to go to the toilet. I then Jana bought me a an iPod for my birthday in May. This is now September. So I had an iPod and I found that there was a Wi-Fi in the uh, uh, bus station. So I was on on the internet, you know. And uh, so I'm sitting there. I'm very, very tired now. And uh, flicking up my Facebook and seeing my friends going, life couldn't be better. And... uh, (laughs) And... um, I wanted, to well, I've just thrown a bacon burger away. Um, and uh, then I read an email from the organizer of the trip, and I don't think I ever told you this bit before. I, the email said that many of the meetings have been cancelled because of swine flu. So I thought oh, many of the healing meetings have been cancelled because of, people might get ill. I'm sitting there. <coughs> I'm a long way from home, you know. I can't even go to the toilet, you know. And uh, and I'm reading that the meetings have been cancelled. And I want very well as well. And I thought, oh no. So I'm thinking to myself, do I want to get on this next, because the next bus was going to take me eight hours again. And... The meeting after that meeting was back in Belo Horizonte. So I think to myself, maybe I should just stay in Belo Horizonte and not go on this bus ride where I might get there and find there's no meetings. And to cut to the end of the story, there were meetings, but I didn't know it. I didn't know that they were still on. So I'm thinking the meetings are not even on. Anyway, I get on this bus, I've got really no other choice. I remember standing on the, the, the platform and I really thought, if I don't get on this bus soon, I will fall asleep on my feet. So I get on the bus, we travel through the night, and then... I'm sitting there listening to music on this birthday gift and the battery's draining, and draining, and draining away. And then uh, the bus seems to pull over onto the hard shoulder, if you can call it that. Many of the roads are sort of a hard shoulder all the time. But we pull onto a hard shoulder and we stop. And what's happened is the bus has broken one hour away from the destination and given that I've been traveling 41 hours, the fact that one hour from the, from the destination, the bus, bust and the words, oh no, uh, life could have been better. And, I don't, but, and I'm telling you this a bit in retrospect. I don't, I don't speak Portuguese. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why we stopped, actually. I know this now. And I guessed it at the time, but I, I don't know. And I lay there, and I'm at a very low ebb. I'm very fatigued. I do not want to go to the toilet. And uh, you start to think, don't you? I remember feeling quite low and uh, this is why I say, you know, we need to, when we're, at, when we're low, we have to be more careful about our, our lives because we have to be righteous when it's not natural to be. You understand what I mean? Do you, do you understand that? To be righteous when you're low or in pain or, you know, wherever you are. I sat in the bus and I was thinking about some of the bad things that had happened in the year that had gone on, and things that had hurt me and been stressful to me and a pressure to me, and and I was, you know, I was low. And then suddenly, I thought to myself, "How come I can see?" Because we were in the middle of the night. And I'd love to tell you where we were, but of course I can't. We were an hour away from another place where I couldn't tell you where it was. On a hard shoulder. And was it the Lord? Who knows? But I asked myself the question, how can I see? The bus lights weren't on? Nothing. Nothing. I had a little iPod light, <laughs> and then I looked to my to my left. The window was right here, and I realised why I could see. Because the moon was shining through and right at me on my on my chair. And God said to me, he made the lesser light to govern the night. And all these things I've been talking about this morning became very, very real in my soul. That despite the tough times we can have, it's never going to be dark. Not, not hand in front of your face, can't see dark. It's never going to be black. Never, never. Because God has set a lesser light in place in the darkest of our hours. And the most powerful thing happened sitting in that little Brazilian bus chair. As God said to me, I'll never leave you. i never forsake you. Those who follow me, they shall not walk in darkness. But they shall have the light of life. want to encourage you today wherever you are maybe you're 20 miles away from the tunnel and if that's the case praise God for that but maybe some of you are in the tunnel but I want to encourage you It'll never be pitch black in there. And while you're going through it, you behave yourself. You behave yourself. Because the light of Jesus is not just there to comfort us, it's there to govern us. And, hallelujah, it's not going to last forever. Alan, why don't you come back and just help me a minute. You know, when I said, could you place...